0: let Welcome to the 88th edition of the Guna podcast, recorded on the Monday evening after Arsenal's home win against West Brom. This podcast is sponsored by the website for all your unofficial Arsenal t shirt needs, gunashirts.com. I'm your host, David Udo, returning to the hot seats after the one month hiatus, and my thanks to Mark Allington who kept my seat warm in my absence. So, as traditional, time to introduce the panel without further ado. He's already had one name check so far this evening, and we can't wait for him to regale us with the tale of his lift to Saturday's game in the passenger seat of an Arsenal legend. We'll keep you in suspense for a short while, but the man who enjoyed the ride was none other than our own Mr Mark Ollington. Hello, everyone. Next up, a man without whom none of us would be here, or at least in this place at this time on a Monday evening in November. (sighs) Because he is the man responsible for the creation of the Gooner, the editor for the first 13 years of its exi- existence, and now the big cheese calling the shots at Gooner Towers. <laughs> it's caps-doffed and forelocks-tugged for Mr Mike Francis. Today, you think. And finally, he'd been badgering for us to appear on the podcast, so we've given in and presented him with the chance to make pop- podcast Immortality. Let's hope he's worth the sacrifice as we had a late call from Don Sebastiano saying he could make it. No pressure there then. <laughs> it's, a de- it's a debut for a regular Guna contributor both in the fanzine and online. Hello to Mr Simon Rose. Hello. Now, Mark, tell us all, please, <laughs> about your
1: trip to the West, West Brom game on Saturday. It was, David, let me tell you. A shocker, but brilliant at the same time. Now, a cut a very long story short, because you haven't got, you know, an hour or two hours for me to regale you with the whole thing, but let me say I was around a friend's house, and um, I ended up getting a lift to the um, ground via a friend of his, Mr. Nigel Winterburn. No. The Arsenal legend, the left-back of dreams. So imagine my joy when someone said, Mark, you haven't got to get a train today today's going to London. You'll be given a the lift there by Mr. Winterburn. He was doing commentary at the Emirates, for, as we, sh- we shouldn't really call it um, <laughs> for some Asian football station so I got literally the motor I was in the back so you know so I was piping up every now and then review comments but what was fascinating was hearing some nuggets from the crate left back him- himself now, one thing he did say... Have you got time for this, David? Do you want me uh, to to... As much sorry as you could possibly imagine. Fantastic. One thing he was very irked and upset about and he wanted, wanted me to pass on to the listeners of this esteemed podcast was apparently the chairman of our esteemed football club has um, taken away tickets for supporters. Not supported, sorry, from players. What am I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 awesome. I even had a drink. I'm on Sprite today. Um, if they have taken tickets
0: away from the public, is that why we have less than 60,000 people in every Indeed, week?
1: they're doing some experiment whereby <laughs> they're kind of... But no, apparently the legends of yesteryear have had their tickets taken away from them. And um, make that what you will, listeners out there. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Can they afford their own tickets? You tell us. But I think that message wanted has to be passed on. They no longer get their freebies. But more important than that, even though Nigel wanted that to be a concern, what I found extremely fascinating for the man him, himself. Was that when it comes to um, the forty-nine players? Is it or fifty players?
2: Thirty-two, isn't
1: it? Thirty-two players yeah. around mm. the ground. Um, he was not one of them. So he wants to know why all the listeners out there didn't vote him to be <laughs> around that stadium. So next time you're walking around, you're seeing David Seaman, you're seeing great players of yesteryear around our esteemed ground. Ask yourself why you didn't vote for Nigel because Lee Dixon is there. And who was a better f- footballer? I'd wager Winterburn was a better fullback myself personally. No, even Lee Dixon. Dixon to- made as a,
0: as a penalty taker, you do remember Nigel for outstanding goals from about thirty yards.
2: Quite I mean, right. that one against Wimbledon.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He absolutely. must have just missed out. It must have been like number thirty-three or something. Indeed, so let's hope he was there because he's not very happy he's not around the stadium. But he was a lovely man, a good driver. He did get driven, you know, we drove straight to the stadium, bypassed the whole queue. The man at the door was very, very nice and said, Nigel, come in, gave us a little car pocket space straight away. So it was a lovely way to go to the um, game. What made it even better than that? I got a better story actually. A halftime, I bumped into someone even more special, someone that has got a even more special than Nigel Winterburn. Someone at that's time. got an even bigger place in my heart than Mr. Winterburn. I bumped into Mr. Mike Francis at halftime. What a oh, day! Oh, Winterburn before the game. Francis at halftime. It was a day made of dreams, Dave. He, oh.
2: me- he remembers it so well that it wasn't even on Saturday. It was the previous day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks anyway,
1: Oh, Was it really? Yeah, Did I bump you? into you on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> You're um, um, <laughs> <laughs> <a> out. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't see no. Son, is there anything from from
0: uh, Mike's story? Oh, Mark's story that makes you think um, things are absolutely,
3: absolutely wonderful, or actually things are things are really, really terrible. At the moment, in terms of form and things, so, mm. it's picking up. I mean, I think the fact that the weekend, you know, we, I think a lot of fans went into the game thinking we were going to win, which is a, a nice mindset based on the start of the season. And I felt fairly kind of confident we could win two or three 0 the way that it just it just ended up being that kind of result a fairly comfortable kind of day it felt good i think people have come away a bit annoyed there's like an international break now which could could affect the momentum a little bit but i think people feel confident at least the matches coming up are are quite decent looking games norwich away and wigan away as well there's a couple of decent home games Mm -hmm. for them coming up as well and we, think we don't have a
0: difficult game between now and Christmas apart from yeah, Man City away really That's it,
3: I think until we come and get to Man City, I think it's middle of December We've got some, I think four decent league matches We'll know exactly where we're at in terms of the Champions League as well I think despite the really awful horrible start to the season Wins make you feel confident And even though some of the wins recently have been a little bit tight um, Once you start to feel confident It helps you to get confident looking results At the moment I think things are looking quite nice Uh, Mike,
0: I'm asking you to add, I mean, looking at recent home wins against Sunderland, Stoke, West Brom, victory at Chelsea, in the Cups we've progressed to the last eight of the Carling and are topping the Champions
2: League group, have we been getting all worked up about nothing? Well, no, (laughs) no, we haven't been getting worked up about nothing, I I think society in general today, you tend to overreact to everything, so... You know, although it's hard to overreact to an 8-2 defeat, isn't it? But um, yeah, maybe we went a bit overboard at the beginning of the season, but I, st- I do still think that the problems that we talked about at the end of the, s- at the beginning of the season are still there. Um, so, you know, that, it, it's just uh, things are coming together, the new signings are bedding in a bit more, um, and, and we are getting results. I mean, yeah, as you say, some of them have been a bit tight, but... A win's a win, and you, you only get three points whoever you're playing and however you would beat them. So, um, goal difference at this stage, I don't think, is particularly something to worry about. It,
0: it, it might just be me, but I, I'm really, really bored going to watch Arsenal at the moment because I don't think we play all that attractive. I mean, the example I'm sort of thinking of was the year when we won 5 1 at Inter Milan, the, the following Saturday or the previous Saturday, we played against Fulham at home and the band match by an absolute mile. Was um, their goalkeeper Edwin van der Saar, who made some like 26 saves. No matter how much possession we have, and it may be 60, 70%, we never seem to have any shots on goal. I mean, um, it was the most recent Carlin Cup game against Bolton. We won 2 1, but we only had two shots on goal the entire game. That's worrying. Is it, Mark?
1: I think it's indicative, isn't it, of us as a team at the moment In that we haven't got the players that we once kind of had I think the key thing is though, for us at the moment, it's all about winning And you're right, there's not a bout of shots on goal I think in the Chelsea game, we had five shots on goal and we scored five goals Mm -hmm. And luckily the the, uh, finishing was clinical Mm -hmm. While we've got Van Persie in such brilliant form, we don't need to worry really He He seems to miss one chance in a game but score three or four Which is absolutely brilliant But when you've got players of the calibre of Nasri, Fabregas, and we've mentioned that time and time again, of course you're not going to create as many chances. But, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Jovino's started to hit a decent run of form. We're starting to whip decent crosses into the box. And Carl Jenkinson, from nowhere in the last couple of games, can seem to do a brilliant pinpoint ball into the box. And so with players like that getting better and better with every game, I've got reason, David for caution for cautious optimism so yes we're not having the shots on goal in abundance Mm. but it might come and I think as well there's
2: plenty of games we remember where we had loads of shots on goal and Mm. didn't score once you know Mm. or or like Mm. the game you just mentioned you know yeah. There was one in the um, Champions League as well, wasn't there? Was it against Porto at home a few years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, Where we had something yeah. like 30-odd shots on goal and went away with nil-nil draw. I think there's a 0-0 there's
1: draw. So,
2: yeah. you know, let, let's be happy about the fact that we're taking chances, we're taking a much better percentage of chances than we practically used to yeah. when we've created more chances. So, you know, I think also,
3: swings you know, and roundabouts. in the time of that Inter Milan game, we generally played a 4-4-2. We had lots of players who, when they got the ball, would just steam down the other end of the pitch. And look to play each other in quickly, early ball, and score goals before the other team is settled. Now we have more of this kind of 4-5-1. We have one main obvious guy who's going to score, Van Persie. We don't have a, a democratic, sort of fully licensed team like we had then. Because now you pretty much feel the likes of, say, Javinia and probably others in the team too who are fairly new, probably feel an onus of, I've probably got to get it to Van Persie. I've probably got to get it to someone who's maybe a bit more important than me. Because if I shoot and I miss, everyone's going to go nuts. Mm. When well, those days, okay, if Perez missed one, two minutes later, you know, Youngberg might have a shot, let alone Henri. Whereas now, it's all, it's all more focused on the one player up front. You know, people are worrying, well, okay, how long is Van Persie going to last without getting injured? But can we risk playing Schemach? What's Park really about? It's all a little bit too focused on a certain type of formation. And, okay, this whole one-man team thing is partly based on Van Persie being the only striker. He's most likely to score.
0: I think that's fair enough. No, I, I, th- I think that's a fair enough um, assessment. Um, g- going back to what Mark just said, um, he talks about Cole Jenkinson, a player who embarrassed himself at the start of the season to be frank. I mean, his performance, well, everyone's performance at Old Trafford was a nightmare. And him being told how to defend by Theo Walcott, of all people, to which he clearly responded with the words, thanks, fuck off. <laughs> as, <laughs> as, that's as we all would. Imagine, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, since he's come back, um, from suspension and the the little injury he got. He is showing some improvement. I, I, I mean, Mike, do you think there are signs of a
2: quality defender coming through in Jenko? I do. I, I like him. I, to be fair, I liked his attitude from day one. Um, you know, he was thrown in the deep end, wasn't he, at Old Trafford? And, yeah, OK, there was that one incident where he, he tracked his man forward and Walcott should have tracked Everett back, and he didn't. And I think they had a go at each other about it, and I'm not convinced either one of them was right. But, you know, he, he, he still gave everything. He, his, his attitude is what stands out for me. He works hard, he's up and down the pitch. Um, it, it just feels like, I mean, he is an Arsenal supporter. Yeah. And he, it seems to show, and I don't know whether I'm seeing that because I know he's an Arsenal supporter or whether it's mm-hmm. vice versa, but it, it, it's just nice that you can, you can have a sort of affinity with a player um, that's in the team, and we've got a few now. Whereas maybe two, three years ago, you looked around and you went, oh, I don't know, they're all they're all rich superstars. Who who's real Arsenal there? And now you just feel with with uh, Wilshire, with um, with Jenkinson, and with even with Ramsey. You know, there's some players there. I mean, Vermalen and Van Persie probably, possibly as well come into that. I just feel a bit more Arsenal player. It's
3: good. it's good for Arsenal that Vermalen and Van Persie seem to be really good friends, got a good connection there. It might not make a massive impact to Van Persie that Vermalen signed a new contract, but it probably yeah. would help. That's a good point. And I think I'll get Jenkins in the back of my shirt. You know, I don't get players' names
1: in the back of my shirt, Dave. If I did, I'd get 25 Jenkinson. Because that guy. I've never seen a player try so hard for absolutely years, and it's just a brilliant story. Mm. This time last year, he was playing non league football almost, and then a few games well, he was on London. Uh, yeah. yeah. And look now, he's now playing Champions League football, and um, both games against Marseille, he did brilliantly, fantastically, didn't embarrass himself at all.
2: You're right, the game, the game in Marseille as yeah. well, where you were mm, yeah. that he really tries. I mean, he, there was a couple of times, he, I mean, you know, he went off injured in the end, yeah. but he went down a couple of times in lengthy treatment, and you, you, know, you just kind of went oh, God, an Arsenal player's going to get stretched off again, or yeah. limped off. And he's up again and running up the wing the next minute, and eventually he sort of you when know, you know, I've got to give up now. There's about five minutes <laughs> yeah. to go, you know.
3: But you that, know, that kind of honest endeavour is fantastic, you know. As you said, when he first started earlier the season, everything was so awful, and you felt really sorry that he was getting plunged into such a mess. But to me, he kind of came across when he joined like someone be, being a young Arsenal fan, that he was almost genuinely delighted to be getting to go to Arsenal matches not having to pay <laughs> to attend and he's getting paid you know, five figures presumably a week yeah? yeah, is mean, the yeah. guy who's just really chuffed to be there and his effort is really really strong I think the weekend the fact that he put in crosses you know, quite near our players was a <laughs> bit of a boost really you know? in,
0: in the unfortunate mis- missing of the best right back in the Premier League being Bakary Sanya we do have to hope that Cole, jo- Cole Jenkinson stays fit in fact, I think the only person involved with Arsenal who thinks otherwise is probably Johan Juru, because it's the only way he's <laughs> going to going to get a game. Um, staying on the back four, we've done the right-back. Regardless of the, the left-back at the moment, because Kieran Gibbs has some kind of mysterious injury to his stomach... Um, Where are we thinking about Andre Santos, Mark? I mean, is it the case of the good, the the bad, and the ugly? Is he just going through a settling-in process?
1: Is he always likely to be a liability? Or does he really think he's a centre-forward? He's fat, isn't he? Uh, He is fat, he is fat. And I think we've got to start there. I mean, he's not fat in the terms of the average guy down the pub. If he was walking down the street now, you wouldn't go, there's a fat bloke, would you? But in the terms (laughs) of a um, football player, He's not, fat. Got too near to
3: him anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: and he's a big guy and he huffs and puffs, he looks unfit, he's not a striker. I mean, back in the old days, Mickey Quinn could get away with doing it. The game's <laughs> moved on quite a lot since then and it baffles me how a player of such a size can play in his position so that is strange. Mm. I'm not a great uh, analyser of the game, as a listen probably know. No. <laughs> but, you know, even I can see his defensive capabilities are practically zero. I don't think he can tackle. Yeah. He never tracks back. He's woefully out of position the whole time. But yet... I kind of quite like him I don't know why he's, he's like a bad woman a woman you know you shouldn't fall in love she kind of flits around has affairs with other men that type of stuff and you can't she's a bit ugly but you can't quite work out where you like her but there's something about her perhaps she's a bit saucy or let's do things you shouldn't really kind of do and in a way Santos is like that I don't know why but he is I think when you're winning a bit
3: of crapness from a player seems kind of endearing If we were losing these games, we were playing in the beginning. He has got a
1: couple of good goals, has not he? Yeah, I I mean, someone
3: saying at the weekend. You know, people were feeling recently a little bit like, "Oh, are we missing Clichy?" Don't know, but he scored as many goals in like half a dozen games as Clichy ever scored for us. It it did worry me in the, the Marseille
0: home game. Um, he, he did a couple of one twos in the, in the uh, inside of his own half. And he thought, you know what, I'm going to see this through to the end. And he was up front, admittedly next to, next to you know GM Park, but at the same time you're kind of thinking, I'll be honest with you, I don't know who the first choice centre centre forward is in the penalty area at the moment. But um, it's a good job Alex Song's learnt the Gibraltar silver role of filling in at left back if someone else goes forward. Mike, where do you stand on fatty Sansa? <laughs>
2: I tend to agree with Mark. I find it quite endearing. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Probably, probably the Chelsea game helped, I suppose. Or the second yeah. half of the Chelsea yeah. game helped. If you'd have asked me at half-time then, I'd have said shooting. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Brazilian fullbacks. I mean, they've always had this tendency to, to attack, haven't they? But because the Brazilian team has done well over the or, or they've been better over the last year, a few years when Dunga was in charge, they became more structured at the back. And I guess that's why he didn't get many games for Brazil because he, he hasn't got a clue. He's, he's the old style Brazilian fullback. Yeah. plays up front.
0: Always be wary of some Brazilian guy and you think he's a bit shit up. Does he play for Milan? Does he play for Barcelona? Or do you sign him from Fenerbahce? <laughs> um, the last question I've got here about the, uh, about the back four... Uh, it's quite an interesting one from a certain point of view I mean in light of the fact we've signed uh, Per Mertesaka The 75 caps by the age of 26 German guy um, Thomas Marlin appears to be Let's really hope and touch wood That he's uh, back from injury for the rest of the season And as some people will, will, will Protest, not me Lauren Koscielny is turning into a footballer um, Simon What is now Arsene Wenger's First choice centre back
3: pairing Mm. I mean, at the weekend, Meta was left out. Wenger afterwards said it's because he thought Odin oh, Wingy was going to play in his fast. I mean, slightly surprising that he was therefore essentially alluding to the fact, and, and if you like, broadcasting to every other team we might mm-hmm. play this season, he's a guy who can't deal with fast players. Yeah. Um, Koscielny, I, I, like, I liked him last season. I think when you get a player who arrives from a bit of an unknown uh, sort of area, that people tend to think, oh, he probably won't be very good. But I think, by and large, he did well last season. The Carling Cup final, of course, really kind of clouded people's impressions of him. But I think he's improved a lot this season. And in some way, it indicates uh, Wenger's belief in him in terms of signing. People often think that he can't you know, sign a decent uh, central defender. But I do wonder if with Vermeulen coming back, I think there's a good balance. Vermeulen left-footed, Koscielny right-footed. Doesn't mean they are both got to be the same, you know, t- you know both got to be right or left. Um, you know, most defenders tend to be right-footed anyway. But I think Kachanov looks good alongside Vermalin. One of the great things with him is that he'll step out and intercept things, which avoids the knees in a t- Tony Adams-like way of having to make, you know, bone bang- crunching challenges. So he's very, very intelligent in that way. And I think Kachanov works with him. And that, if anything, regardless of any thoughts that Metasek might have, looking a bit, you know, Stepanov's like a bit clumsy. If Kachanov works with vermalen then vermalen stays fit. I think I think Kishan will be the first choice.
0: Uh, Mike, I, I, th- I think we've kind of come to the conclusion that Vermaulen, as the vice-captain, is going to play every single game. It's a question of whether you have Koscielny or Saka next to him. I, I mean, the question I have you is, is, who would you rather have? Would you rather have the 26-year-old with 75 caps his country, or the 25-year-old who's only appeared in the French uh, squad when every single French centre-back's been injured?
2: I might be slightly controversial here, but I, I like Mertesaka. I don't know whether it's just because since he, we've, he's bedded in he had that first game at Blackburn didn't he which was a disaster for everyone and I know he was responsible for two of the three goals at Chelsea as well by the ball going over his head but he, he just seems to he seems to organise the defence around him he's vocal he's pointing at players and I think that's what we, we've missed a lot certainly last season when Marlin was out Marlin will do it but to have Romarland next to Hacker I think is, is, is a good partnership Um, You've got the speed of of a marlin, but you've got the the knowledge and the expertise and awareness that Mertesacker gives you. You don't get caps. I know it's a a cliche now, isn't it? I don't mean guile. (laughs) You know, you you don't get 75 caps for German and be crap. He's got to have something about him, um, and it's not just height.
0: Mark? We've had one choice of Lauren Koscielny, we've had one choice of Pear Mertesacker. I mean, unless you <laughs> drop Thomas from Ireland, who's going to be your first choice center oh.
1: i agree, and far touching Mike today is a bit <laughs> disconcerting, because I bumped into him at the game before last. Mindful. Yeah, and when he came, I would have said, per ball ball sucker really, because I really did think he was, you know, absolute pile of balls, but... I can see improvement in him and I think Mike made a really good point that he does shout and he tells players where to go and whilst he might not be able to get there himself he's quite slow at least he can tell from Holland where to go and what, and what position to get in and I think Jenkinson's form even though he had a good game and he actually wasn't playing on Saturday but Marseille game you looked at Mazzacca for the whole match he was telling him where to go where to stand mm. where to run and that's what we need our centre backs to do so it, it's looking like, in all seriousness,
3: we've got three decent centre halves. Um, and that's the great thing because if they stay fit, then you then you can work yeah. out from game to game which ones you want to play. that than was the key them.
2: phrase, wasn't it? If they stay fit, yeah, Here we are talking yeah. just as they go on to international games, yeah. the and time. they
3: all come back crocs and we end yeah. up playing
1: um, Skolachi again, but. I think if I do stay fit we're going to be you know, in a really good place which yeah. is look at what we were saying this time three, four months ago and mm. um, don't get me wrong and, and like, Kershawney is still prone to errors I mean he hasn't made one for a while it's probably going to happen at some point I just hope when that does happen we don't then just go back to saying oh, he's crap all over again mm. do you know what I mean because they all, all made mistakes. make mistakes all
3: players make mistakes You know, people are up back but you know Adams made mistakes particularly early on you know, mistakes will happen it's just yeah. whether or not you get particularly punished by
1: them but don't you think though it's key that Tommy V stays fit right. because really he's a fulcrum I mean you can imagine him with Murta him with like Koz but really if, when, when he goes I know we've done quite well up to he can come back in the last couple of games but he's world class I think potentially yeah. a world class centre back and it's vital he now stays fit because if he gets injured again it's pointless I
0: think we do have to grab hold of Tommy Vermaan with both hands if for no other reason he's been publicly named as the vice captain so when Van Persie inevitably goes to Manchester City in the winter or summer He's going to take over as the captain. You're a ray of sunshine, Dave, aren't you? Flipping <laughs> owl. I tell like you this. I, and I missed you last month as well. Jesus. Uh, well, we're, we're going to take a short break before continuing our next podcast. But as always, just to mention that if you want to email us about anything related to the podcast, including that very, very nice review we got last week, our address is gunapodcast at gmail.com. But before we end, a quick mention for the current issue of The Guna, currently on sale from our esteemed editor, Kevin Witcher.
2: Good evening, listeners. Um, Issue 219 of the Gooner will still be on sale for the home game against Borussia Dortmund. It features a couple of articles on Arsene Wenger, one comparing him to Hamlet, and another comparing him to a villain in uh, one of the Batman movies, but uh, great graphics with those, I have to say. Also an article by our very own Simon Rose here. Proposing a dream ticket management duo of uh, Carlo Ancelotti and Martin Keown. Amongst many other features, £2, absolute bargain, um, please buy and keep us going.
0: Many thanks. Cheers, Mike. Um, so, um, with that, it's the usual. Thanks for our sponsors, gunashirts.com. And it's goodbye from Mark. Goodbye. Mike. Goodbye. And Simon. Goodbye. We'll be back soon with more. I'm your host, David O'Do, and thank you very much for listening.
3: La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee.
0: All good friends and the your company away.